Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. We talked to the INTO yesterday about in relation to primary schools. But of course today, the ASCI General Secretary, Kieran Christie, says a successful reopening of schools is predicted on achieving all the confidence of all involved. He says teachers, like all workers, must return to a virus-secure workplace. And to talk a bit more about that today is Dermot Dupuyer, who is the Deputy General Secretary of the ASCI. Good afternoon to you, Dermot. Good afternoon. Uh, okay, so where are we right now? I mean, parents out there are wondering, are my kids going back to school as they would have in January? Somewhat. We understand, obviously, obvious precautions must be taken in relation to hygiene and washing hands and coughing into elbows and all that sort of carry on. But where do we stand now getting back to school in September as far as you're concerned? Well, the first thing I would say is that, that teachers, like everybody else, would love to be able to go back to exactly where we left off now. As you said, that won't be possible, but as near as possible to that. So where are we now? I suppose we're a little bit clearer because there have been guidelines issued. Um, Interesting, the new minister has, uh, I suppose, (coughs) come back a bit from where the previous minister had said that people would be going back and there'd be no need for social distancing, whereas the new minister is saying there should be social distancing in schools. Well, Joe McHugh gave us, the, the, I suppose, gave us the sense that everything would go back to normal in September. Yeah. That was the kind of sense he gave us at the yeah, time. Yeah, I, I don't think it can. But the, there are issues, with, at least there's now guidelines and something we can talk about and sit down and try and discuss. But there are big issues because there are big, huge practical issues because if you're talking about one-metre guidelines, uh, you know, social distancing in classrooms, for most schools, that's actually not practical. No, practicable. It's not so possible. Classrooms aren't big enough. Schools are. Um, I mean, I was I was at a meeting with principals and deputy principals yesterday, and one of them was talking about his school, which is built for, uh, which is has six to seven hundred students, and a school built for three hundred and fifty, um, and that is not uncommon. Oh, no, she'd she'd so, need the distance police in the hallways all the time as well. And you people say, well, use the work. hall, use the the hall or the canteen for classrooms and you say we're, I mean, no, we're, I, we're already doing okay. that. But, but dear so, man, I, I get what you're saying and I know what the regulations are saying and I know what the guidelines are saying and basically what I heard the TUI last night on Primetime and the INTO yesterday and again yourselves today and, and obviously in relation to what your General Secretary uh, Kieran Christie has said that you know until the workplace like every other workplace is a virus secure area. But there are other workplaces where it's just not possible. For example, cabin crew and airlines, taxi drivers, the deli counter I was in five minutes ago. So the girls are working and the guys are working beside each other. Hospitals, pilots, restaurants, hairdressers are right beside each other, you know, and their clients. Okay, they might be wearing a mask. Beauticians and waxers. In other words, there are there is cases where you just have to kind of get Absolutely. on with it. Well, when, not- when you, by the way, and we, what I'm talking about here is factoring in risk. Now we know, yeah. and, and it's quite clear, the WHO themselves, their chief scientist said that children are less capable of spreading the virus and are very low risk of getting the disease. And what we've seen in countries where schools have remained open is there have not been any outbreaks in schools. So I mean, well, what do you say well, to that? Well, no. Leicester has closed down because of an outbreak that started in a crash. So, you know, it's, it, I wouldn't be quite so confident that there won't be any outbreaks. And we're, of course, we're not going to get perfection. Of course, we're not going to get guarantees um, that nobody, you know, that there will be no virus in a school. But what we're saying is we need to put in people need to be to clarify to by the way that, about that crash I want to clarify about that crash that was the adults in the crash by the way the outbreak was in not amongst yes, the children but there are adults in schools as well yeah. and it's it, you know it's, it's also not clear whether it, whether any of it came from the children because some of the children were infected I mean it's look 
the, the what we're saying is we would like we would like to get to as near as normal as possible, but we don't believe it is feasible immediately in a kind of big bang way to open schools as they were fu- fully. Um, now, what do you, what do you say? To, what, what do you say to Brenda by, Power, who's saying today? Brenda Power was on RT this morning, obviously talking about this uh, in relation to the ASTI, and she said basically the schools are digging their heels in, kind of insinuating that you're just making it difficult. What, what do you say to those comments? Well, I don't think that's fair. We have been trying. We've been looking for guidelines. We've been asking questions for weeks and weeks, and haven't got the answers. The answers are beginning to come, and we are fully engaged with the department and with the other education partners in trying. To, to do the best we can for the schools and for the students in them. We are as concerned as anybody else about the well-being of the students, and we are perfectly aware that this, is co- this will cause big problems for students if they don't get back to school as much as they can, as soon as they can. And that's what we're trying to do. But, but it just even from the point of view of the parents and the students, the last thing we need is to do this too fast and then have the schools all closed down again in three, four, five weeks. But when you say it too too fast, they've already been off for five months, for God's sake. No, no, but I I mean mean the return. I mean the return. I mean, I know, but even by the time we get to September, you know, I mean, realistically, students need to be in school, not just for their education, which is their constitutional right, uh, but apart from that, for their mental health, uh, for their interaction with their friends and their peers. I mean, it's all part of growing up. And look, we've all been lucky enough to have that. I mean, and if we look at it, the, the bottom line of this is that the state can do very little more, Dermot, than suggest to the unions and to the teachers, these are the guidelines, you have to play with them, this is what we understand from the data we have, but realistically you're at very little, if not no risk whatsoever, because these are children. I I don't think we're at no risk, and there are other issues besides the actual um, health issues, there are issues, there are the practical issues that I was talking about, there's the issues, and it will cost money, there will have to be changes to schools. There will have to be things. There will also have to be, as I said, I met with principals and deputy principals. The principals and deputy principals are at their wit's end at the moment. They're exhausted. They haven't had any time off. I know, I know they're not the only people. I know the healthcare workers have as well. But if you're a principal or, of a school... I can imagine. I can you imagine. have not had a break, and you are not likely now to have any sort of break, and you will have this huge extra workloads. So what, one of the things... Well, it's, just asking, an, it's not even an extra... It's a dilemma, apart from anything else. How, yeah, how do I do this? Yes, and, and one, among the suggestions that came, for example, from the meeting I had yesterday were, look, could we have a few days at the start of the school year where we and our teachers and whatever could have a bit of training and a bit of, you know, so how do we handle this? How do we do this correctly? What do you, what do you mean a few days? Do, what do you mean a few days at the start of the school year? Well, that instead of opening on Monday, you open on the Friday. But could you, they not, you, could, they've had five, five months I mean, could they, and another two months uh, no, in the summer. Well, first of all, the principals I'm talking about have had no time at all and are not likely to get any time. Um, but just that there could be a pause and people could be trained and people could be, things could be put in position. Um, but also that there could be support, that in other words, and I mean, by, I mean that people, that they, that they could say, well, we're going to free up some teachers uh, and bring in substitutes to do whatever we have to, who will then assist in a lot of this work, because it's not actually manageable for one or two people at the moment. But the amount Dermot, you know, and know I know, doing. but you know and I know, even with the guidelines, these are the guidelines, right, set out, mm. okay, this is not possible. Because realistically, but more so in secondary school, whatever about primary school, where they're all staying more or less in one class. Yes. In secondary school, you you know you have your biology, your sciences, your technical that's, drawing, and that's woodwork. A big issue. So kids have to move around from class to class, yes. and it's going to. And these are different kids from different classes. It's not all yes. the same kids yes. from the same class. They're not going to be able to stay in bubbles or pods or whatever the suggestion. No, no, they're be. not. I mean, they're that's not. just no. not going to happen. They're going to pass each other in hallways. They're going to be going to the bathroom for a quick one, whatever it is, before they go into their class. 
they are going to be interacting with each other. But the yeah. argument is that they're interacting outside school anyway. No, but and but see, and one of the things you started by saying, well, the children don't spread the disease. We're talking, by the way, in secondary schools of young adults. We're not talking about four-year-olds and five-year-olds. We're talking about eight, uh, obviously from twelve, but up to seventeen, eighteen, nineteen-year-olds. So uh, there are issues there. Look, well, I, Jill, I well, like, well, just to give I you some, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I not, I'm not having a go, but no, I'm just, no, I'm just saying to you, statistics are, point out clearly that one percent of children under the age of fifteen and over the age of twelve have been infected by COVID nineteen. One percent of those yeah, infected. But secondary schools are not mainly children under the age of fifteen and over the age. Of, there are some there are, obviously over the age of fifteen. I agree well, with you. There are an awful lot. But also, also, now, I want to emphasize, we actually want a solution to this. Mm. We just want to be sure that the best is being done. But everybody wants a solution to us. Sorry, keep interrupting me. Answers have been very, very slow to come. They're beginning to come, and we welcome that. And we are absolutely prepared to sit down with the department and with the other education partners and work out the best way of doing this. But what I, I, I don't want a kind of promise to say, well, look, we're going to open as normal and then it's not going to happen. No more than, but, but we do want to get as close to that as is possible. In, and there, there are lots of other side issues to be dealt with, like uh, teachers, SNAs, or students well, who yes, have underlying I, I, have, I have a text in here actually. From, with that. Okay, but text in, I have just a text in from an SNA, and they're saying they're not being consulted by anybody, uh, which is quite ironic that you, you mentioned SNAs, so the SNAs are t- texting in at the moment. But I don't doubt for a minute, Dermot, that your teachers want to go back to work, and I don't doubt their they intention. Absolutely, do. absolutely. Yeah. I don't doubt their intentions. But what I've heard from yourself, and from your General Secretary, and from the TUI, and the INTO is that we want a safe work, or we want to be guaranteed a safe workplace. Or, or, let me quote uh, what, he, what he said again. He said they, they wanted a virus-secure workplace. This is what Kieran Christie said today in RTE. Yeah. Nobody is going to guarantee you that. Nobody no, can the, guarantee I you think, that. I think you're, you're kind of you know, inflating okay, what he's saying. What he's saying is you want, as near as possible, the best and healthiest and safest environment that we can do. We can agree. And we have to sit down, as I say, with the department and work out how to do this where and it's difficult. It's, it's very, very difficult. It's impossible. Li- it's, li- it's impossible, Jeremy, and you know it's impossible, and so do I. We all know it's impossible to, to provide that, to provide... No, wait, su- no, it's not impossible to try and get the best balance. As all... Take schools aside, as people keep talking about, there's a balance here to be had between health and between... And between, and between health in relation to the virus and between getting back to normal work and, in this case, the health of the students in terms of their well-being and, and the teachers and everybody else, they can have a normal life. But we, have to, we can't go all one way or all the other. We have to try and work the best way to provide the best, the safest possible. And I accept that it's not going to be 100% safe, but I also don't want it to be 100% dangerous or reckless. No, I, I'm not suggesting it to be reckless. Like this morning, I was on the way into work and I seen six lads on a construction right ca- site carrying a huge, uh, you know, thing of plasterboard. It looked like plasterboard sheets. Yeah. And there were six of them carrying it. They were no more than about two feet apart, I would say. It had, yeah. to, be, it had to be done. It's one of those things no, that just and, has and to be done. Look, so the yeah. point is that people have but to make sacrifices. They, they do, but there's a slight difference between carrying something for five, ten minutes and being in a classroom all day with twenty with thirty uh, young adults. Well I would suggest and I would suggest being in the classroom with people, particularly those under the age of fifteen, whatever about those between fifteen and eighteen years of age, which again the risk would be quite small, I, I imagine that risk is probably even lower. 
I'm, I, well, I don't know. I don't know how how you base that because well, I'm basing it on World of, Health Organization. But figures. one of the things that they, they keep saying is the, the time spent is is absolutely, you know, that if if you're more than fifteen minutes in the in near somebody, that's more serious than if you're five or ten minutes. They've said that from the very start. I mean, the, the problem the problem we have is, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, Dermot. I'm sorry to interrupt. The problem we have is that we don't have too much evidence in relation to school settings because, of course, the schools are the Probably, first thing to yeah. go. Okay, yes. but um, you're... And we may have more by okay, months' time. But, you know? but what we do have is, and this was conducted by the HSE and Eurosurveillance, and they said as many countries begin to lift the restrictions to contain the COVID spread, a lack of evidence of transmission to school settings remains. We examined Irish notifications of COVID-19 in the school setting before before the school closures on the 12th of March 2020 and identified no paediatric transmission. This adds to the current evidence that children do not appear to be drivers of the transmission and we argue that reopening the schools should be considered safe accompanied by certain measures. Yes, and that's all. That's what we're talking about, what those measures should be. And naturally, I, I hope you accept, my concern has to be for the health, safety and well-being of everybody in the school, but particularly of our members. And we will work to ensure that that is as best protected as it can be. But we will, and we have always said, we will be guided ultimately by the medical guidance. And the medical guidance says there have to be certain um, measures put in place, and we want to make sure those measures are the best possible uh, and the safest for our members, for for the SNAs as well, for the, for the other people working in the school and for, for the students in the school and their families. Um, but we're not saying no. But now are we saying we're just going to accept whatever is presented without discussion and argument about points and coming to the best solution for everybody? But I want to emphasise, we do want to go back to school and we want to go back to school as fully as possible. I, 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 I think that most that teachers agree with you and I genuinely yeah. believe that you believe that as well and I believe the unions believe that, but it doesn't look like that from what we're hearing in the media over the last three or four days. That's not well, the way I, it's coming across. Well, I, I think that's unfortunate because I think that's, and I, I think everybody has said that, and, I, and we do mean that, and we do absolutely believe that. And I mean, I think to be fair, during this crisis, teachers have stepped up to the plate. They've done everything possible, uh, and they've, you know, whether it was the remote learning, uh, whether it was, you know, agreeing to something that is fundamentally difficult for teachers, and as you know, uh, the, the idea of, of the predicted grading and all that. We have done all that. We've done all that because we realise there's a crisis here. We realise that the things have to be different. Um, but well, but well, in fairness, David, we've all adapted to our jobs. We have. Yeah, but, you know, so. no, but, some, but there's some adaptions are bigger than others. And um, uh, But also, um, but also it, is, it is our job and it is my job to make sure that um, that things are as safe as they okay. possibly can be, and I won't make any apologies for that. Okay, well, listen, thank you very much indeed, and I appreciate you coming on the air. Jeremy okay, Dupuyer, uh, De- uh, Deputy General Secretary of the ASTI. I want to get your thoughts on that as well. Uh, you can give us a call if you want, or a text 087-188-0008. Send us a text or an, at- an at- WhatsApp message if you want to as well. Um, are you happy about what you've just heard? Um, mind you, but the INTO... Uh, not so much, but certainly the CUI are more or less saying the same thing if you watch primetime last night. The argument constantly is these are the guidelines set out in relation to COVID-19 and every single workplace, of course, that has to be safe and secure. The argument against that is for school teachers is that children are certainly less of a risk. And the data is there to show that. I mean, for example, I mentioned their data in relation to, say, uh, the United Kingdom. Out of all the deaths in the United Kingdom, how many children do you think died under the age of 15? 
How many would you imagine? You're sitting there thinking to yourself, okay, it's probably no low because Niall is making a bit of an issue out of it here. So out of the, I don't know, 70 or 80,000 people that has died in the United Kingdom, many people under the age of 15, the answer is three. And all three of them had serious underlying conditions and they don't believe that COVID-19 was the cause of their death. They just happened to have COVID-19. Three. Under the age of 15, they were also over the age of 12. So realistically, the risk is so, so low. Um, where all other jobs, you know, for example, if you're working in a supermarket or if you're working in an office or if you're, you're dealing with adults. School teachers are dealing with children. Yes, they are dealing with each other who are adults. And to point out, he mentioned that crash, by the way, unless they're closed down. But the reason they're closed down is because adults actually got COVID-19. It wasn't because the children got it. Right? And they don't believe the children passed it on. Well, anyway, we'll have to find out a bit more about that as we go on. I'm sure they do contact tracing and everything else. But let me go to Linda. Linda, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Linda? Hi, Niall. How are you? You're an SNA and you feel you're kind of being lept, left out of the loop. Yes. So I, I kind of have to, um, I, I kind of have to disagree slightly with, with your guest there who then likes to mention SNAs because usually we don't get Well, he only mentioned them because I mentioned them. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it's kind of ironic. The Oireachtas met the committee on going back to school and, of course, SNAs, the Force of Trade Union, were left out. Um, our trade union said it's insulting and elitist, which it is. I mean, teachers teach in a class, SNAs sit beside the children in the class. And any SNA I've spoken to in relation to my colleagues are happy to go back to work. Okay, so, you, so you're, you're happy to sit back in a class beside a student? Absolutely. Look, now, the way it is, I obviously won't say the school I work in. In September, I've got my class for the year. I'm with an autistic um, early intervention group. Six children under the age of six, and there's going to be no social distancing. Um, it's not possible. But, um, but realistically, as I mentioned, the yeah. risk the risk is so low. Look, so low, Niall. And I mean, like, we need to get back. Children have been forgotten during this pandemic. And I know some ch- some teachers, as your guest was saying, have stepped up to the place and stuff. Everybody stepped up to the place. I mean, look at RTE. Look at the people that went out and put their lives on the line when they were dealing with adults. So we can deal with children. They're not super spreaders, you know. I think. Well, they're certainly not. Not. I, I mean, I, I've looked up the amount of evidence that I looked up this morning in preparation for today's show, and I could read yeah. it all out, and I'd be here all day reading most of it. Out, but it all says more or less the same thing: that children, now, certainly under the age of fifteen, are no risk. It's not. It's men. I watch prime time. I'm. I'm. Um. You know. I. I kind of. I'm on a lot of groups with SNAs. We're speaking out. We don't have a problem going back, but our problem is that the teachers are, have an issue of going back. And this back and forth and media, it's scaremongering to get the parents riled up because teachers but not want to But there's to loads of occupations where people have yeah. just had to bite the bullet. I mean, I mentioned a few earlier on there, like cabin crew on planes. They don't yeah. keep one metre distance. Taxi no. drivers have their passengers sitting behind them, for God's sake. Now, uh, even, now, if you read the plans for going back to school, like suddenly then when it comes to third class, they're going to ask children socially distance. It's Joe McHugh made all of this and then it's like he, his time came to an end and now he's sitting back and now the new minister is having to go, right, what I'm sure he's breaking here? a shite laugh and sitting at home going, ah, I'm glad I'm out of that I mess. <laughs> I'm glad I'm out of that mess. I think I was blocked I mean, I, I mean, I do understand that everybody wants the safest environment possible. And I, but yeah. mind you, I, I, I do believe there's a bit of an overreaction, but I think everybody wants the safest environment possible. But I mean, there is no possible way to guarantee anybody no. in any workplace, no less a school, that your environment is safe. There is no way no, of guaranteeing sure. no, that. We, the, the schools was one of the first things to close down the 13th of March or whenever it was. 
they've been closed down before nearly everything else, before the full lockdown. So, I mean, we're talking about four or five months the children have been off. Like, I mean, there's going to be kind of damage. And if you had a weaker child, I know teachers tried their best and everything during it, but there's, there's no doubt the children have suffered. They mm-hmm. need to go back and see their friends. Well, there are I mean, see there are some children who can deal. I mean, I remember we were only talking about this in the, in the office one day, and, and Helene and myself and Tara and everyone else, and and some of us were saying, "Look, if that happened to us, I'd be grand. I'd be able to study." But there was others saying, "Absolutely no way. Yes. I just dust for the whole five months." You know what yes. I mean? So, but now how can they throw out that they want to have the one meter or the two meter, whatever it is that they, whatever day of the week they decide to change that? Yes, there's contact sports have been allowed to resume and stuff, but we're saying that, no, the kids can't go back to school. Like, I have two children, Niall. I wouldn't want anything to happen to them. But do am I going to take a risk? Am I going to send them back to their creches and to their schools? Yes, because... But, I mean, normal. when you look at... But, again, I want to point out about the... Because I hate to even hear... Well, not you say it, but people say, <laughs> am I going to take a risk? I mean, we, we take a risk when we send our children to school all the time. There's all sorts of viruses and diseases. And sadly, some children, you know, will come a cropper to some of these things and become unwell. And over time, some children have yeah. died of diseases they get in school. I mean, different viruses, meningitis, all sorts of different things, right? But, but uh, chicken pox and all sorts of different carry on measles. There's, there's been a few cases of that around the country over the last few years. But the, exactly. po- but the point is, the risk of this particular virus in children is just so, it's just infinitesimal. It's so yes. small. And I think, Doctor, I think Philip, is it the, the, he's on Netflix, he, he was on last night with Tony, and he said basically, it is a risk, but so is when you're in a car, we put safety procedures in place like airbags and seatbelts if something was to happen to you. This is kind of the same. Like, we have to take the risk. There's going to be risks in everything. You know, you get in your car every day. Is there a risk you're going well, to die? Well, this yeah. is what was pointed out to us a couple of weeks ago, that in a lot of cases, you've probably a higher risk of being killed in the car on the way to the school than, <laughs> you, than you would actually in the school. And uh, like, let's be honest, Niles, there's some drivers and the carry-on that goes on outside school. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, so you, so do you, would you, I know Brenda Power has given out uh, the, the pay there this morning on RTE, and she was kind of insinuating that the teachers are digging their heels in um, and that basically they're looking for any excuse you know to make it as difficult as possible that's kind of what she said I'm just paraphrasing what she's going to say we have to just go back like do you think they're being awkward do you think teachers are being awkward well not teachers per se but certainly the unions do you think they're being awkward Uh, the the unions yeah but you know what's funny Niall we had this discussion myself and yourself and Helena a couple of weeks back right this is teachers coming out but yeah SNA is how we were treated through the pandemic if they had treated the teachers the way they spoke to all of the SNAs during the pandemic, they'd be on strike right now. And the teachers are now digging their heels in, or the teachers' unions, should I say, are digging their heels in because they're like, oh, we better go and do something for them. But yet, we were left in the dark. I, I couldn't believe it, by the way, when he said uh, we might need a few days off in September to do some training. And I'm going, what? You've been no, off since March. You don't, you don't get days <laughs> off. We get Crow Park days, which are days because of the... But you, why would they want days off? They've been you off since March. Off. We, we'll probably go back in August uh, before <laughs> the kids go back. Usually you do kind of child protection training, that kind of thing, before the children come back. It's normal. You'd have a couple of days in the yeah. school with no no kids. I don't think anybody needs more time off now. I mean, I, 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 I don't see how much off. training you would need. I mean, look, to be honest with you, going by the guidelines, the only thing I do agree with the unions is going by those guidelines, we will never open the schools. No, 
So that's not going to change. So I, I, I believe this is going to come a cropper. I believe there's going to be a huge problem. And I believe genuinely, if we're going to continue down this route or the unions continue to dig their heels in in relation to these guidelines and making it a secure place to work in, there will be no schools open in September. No, and where, like, where are the, then if they do the whole, they're in for a couple of days, they're off. Like, where, where do people send their Oh, that's not going to... So what difference is a week if they're in for three days or two days? This is what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you know, like, we have to look at places like Sweden. They sent the children back and, you know, it, it's worked out, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Niles, you know what? I just... I wish it was September. I wish I had a crystal ball to see. But in my eyes, I'm going back to work in August or September. And I'm going back five days. And I'm going to be with the same children all day. Because that's my job. I wish and this was like Dallas. I wish I was Bobby in Dallas. I could go in and have a shower, come out and think the whole thing was just a dream. <laughs> but like, you know, Miles, people can go and get a pint now and chicken wings, whatever they, yeah. they want. Right? But like the children going back to school. Oh, oh no. by the way, forget the pint. You have, you have to mention as well that you must buy a nine euro meal because that's the cure for COVID-19, I believe. 105 minutes. 105 yeah, that's minutes also the cure wings. for COVID-19. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, none of this is based on sciences. And thank you very much indeed, Linda. And I appreciate thank you coming you on the air and all care. the SNAs out there. Well, I value you. I value you. My daughter used an SNA many years ago and I do value you. Um, and so, and I think most parents out there, obviously with children who uh, need the assistance of an SNA at some point in their lives, absolutely value the SNAs. They're just as important in the classroom as the teachers. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.